You're listening to How She Creates. I'm your host, Lauren Hooper. This podcast is for the curious, the wanderer and the wanderers, the playful and the joyful. Every week, we're going to explore how to design a life full of creativity and whimsy. Now let's get curious and go explore something. This interview is a part of the How She Creates Good series. In these interviews, I get to shine a light on women who are using art and their creativity to empower others, advocate for social justice, and bring healing to our beautiful world. This series serves to educate, bring attention to amazing organizations, and inspire you to use your creativity for good. Welcome to How She Creates. I am so thrilled that we are back and we are sharing new interviews with really awesome guests. We have a really fun guest today. You guys know I love interviewing people who are using their creativity to create good in the world. And today's guest is one of the leaders of our time right now in doing that. I am thrilled for you guys to meet Brandon Harvey from Good Good Co. Um, Brandon, thanks so much for being here. Oh my goodness, Lauren. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. It's This is going to be a fun one. So Brandon, will you take a few minutes and tell us who you are if in case people don't know so we can get an idea of where we can find you and what you're doing in the world? Yes, absolutely. So first and foremost, the thing you need to know about me is that I have a dog named Pop-Tart and she is pure delight. Um, second to that, Um, I run a company called Good, 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 where we celebrate the good in the world. And uh, the core quote behind what we do at Good, Good, Good is this beautiful quote that I'm sure you've heard uh, from Mr. Rogers, where he said, when I was a boy and I would see scary things in the news, my mother would say to me, look for the helpers. You will always find people who are helping. And so that's what we do. We look for the helpers and then we create the tools to help people uh, become helpers themselves. Uh, And in the unique, challenging times that we're living in right now, it's never felt like I've needed that message so much. You know, I've been doing this for uh, years at this point, but I'm like, this is when I've needed this message more than I've ever needed it before. Yeah, this could not have come at a better time. This interview couldn't have because I don't think in any of my 30-something years I have ever consumed this much news in my whole life in the past, as I have in the past month. Have you? No, honestly. Well, I, I will say I was like an avid like politics podcast listener and like I've got, you know, I've got a subscription to the New York Times, the Washington Post, NPR, all these things. Um, and I have like significantly had to cut back on how much I'm consuming mostly because it's, I mean, I'm a huge proponent of, of, of knowing what's going on in the world. I'm a huge proponent of paying attention to bad news so that you know how to respond and show up for good news. Um, but I feel like the news is largely the same bad news every day right now. So it doesn't feel like I'm actually being informed with new information every day. And so that's why I've had to step back. But it's been, yeah, I I fully feel you. I probably never consumed so much and it definitely feels overwhelming. It does. It really does. And it takes a toll on people. Um, My dad came to visit us a couple weeks ago right before everything hit and we don't have TV. And even if we did we know we're in the Middle East, so we don't get the same news as America's getting. Mm. And my dad just kept saying he was going insane, not being able to watch the news. And I was like, but you know what? You're so much more pleasant right now. <laughs> um, so I think it's been a good thing for some people to cut back on some of the news. Um, tell us a little bit more of your creative story, how you got started, what your big creative love is, and kind of bring us up to speed with what the newspaper is now and how it came to be. Yeah. So my background was in the world of photography. and I I got to spend years traveling around the world um, as a humanitarian photographer, helping nonprofits and social impact brands tell their stories and communicate the ways that they were making a difference and creating solutions to 
the world's greatest problems. And I felt like I just had the freaking best job in the world. Like I got to go to all these places and, and yes, I was seeing heartbreaking injustice and devastation, but just like Mr. Rogers mom said, there were always helpers. There were always people showing up and responding. And I got to tell those stories and I got to tell the transformational stories of the impact that was made by those people and how it you know, saved lives and made people's lives better and, and made a huge difference for entire uh, communities or countries or regions. Um, but I would come back from these trips and I'd be all jazzed up, so excited. And then uh, it, immediately, like, I, I would kind of, I would start like telling some of these stories to friends and they would just be so surprised so surprised at like this good news story that that, that I'm sharing uh, because the thing that they saw in the news was just the bad half. You know, they I saw the bad half, but I also saw the way that it resolved. I saw the way that the helper showed up. And I was like, maybe, maybe I should start figuring out how to tell some of these stories so that other people can feel as like jazzed as I am about this right now. And maybe if they were as jazzed as I am, they would want to get involved and, and help support that work being done and, and make a difference themselves. And, and I also just knew for myself that anytime that I was able to actually make a difference with my own time, my own energy, my hands, my feet, that I felt so much less overwhelmed by what was going on in the world. But it, it's just a hard thing to do. If you feel overwhelmed, to do something that helps you not feel overwhelmed. It's I think that we're all probably experiencing that right now. And so uh, that was what I set out to do. And along the way, I started bringing in um, just other amazing people that I, I just love and admire who are way more talented than I am. And we just started trying new things. So we started telling stories on social media. Then we started telling stories through our podcast. Then we started telling stories eventually through, <laughs> this is like the dumbest thing that we've ever done, but it, it so far is working fine. Uh, through our print newspaper filled with good news. Um, and uh, that's the good newspaper. And it's it's so funny to be in 2020 and be like, yeah, I'm like, our team makes a, a newspaper. Uh, but it's, it's a, I don't know, it's just so funny because it, it cuts through the noise in a really interesting way. It's, uh, I'm like constantly on my phone or on my computer and there's, you know, I'm only one swipe away from bad news. But when I open up a newspaper with just good news, like there's no way I'm going to get a push notification that's just bad news. Or I'm, there's no way I'm going to uh, see something that's going to, to overwhelm me without at least giving me the opportunity to, to see the resolution, to see some hope. And so we just started, we started making this thing. We put it up on on Kickstarter, just to kind of see if anybody else would uh, would be interested in it as well, uh, knowing that hey, if this thing doesn't succeed, then then we just don't have to make it. Like then nobody wants it. And uh, and wildly, when we launched this thing, within I think it was fifty six hours, we were fully funded, and at the end of thirty days, we had completely doubled our initial campaign goal. And so. We're like, oh, there's other people who care about this idea. There's other people who want good in the world. Uh, and so we've been making this thing ever since. And um, it's wild. It's, it's, it, we've got subscribers in all 50 states and dozens of countries around the world. Uh, we, we hear stories time and time again from people who, you know, they read a story. They decided to do something based off of the story that they read. And then like in the next issue of the newspaper, their story is going to go in the newspaper and they're going to inspire somebody else. And the cycle is going to get to continue. And so uh, it's really been gratifying work, but it's, I mean, truly it's, it's all been just the results of this incredible community who cares about celebrating the good in the world. And I love getting to getting to essentially work for that community. I love every time I get to see one of your newspapers, because not only are they full of good news, but they're also beautiful and they're just so filled with life and joy. How are you guys finding these good news stories? So part of it is just from my background with nonprofits. So it's, uh, I mean, it, it, well, and it kind of comes back to that quote from Mr. Rogers where, you know, he's saying 
there will always be people who are helping. And so if you take that to its logical conclusion, then when you see something heartbreaking, when you see when you see uh, like a mass shooting or you see a pandemic breakout or you see um, you see some sort of injustice that breaks your heart, you can assume that, that there was somebody who is a first responder or there is somebody who's working to actively create a solution. And then it's just a matter of, of, of searching. And so we, we work really hard to do a lot of research and, and track down those helpers Sometimes they're obvious, you know, sometimes they, they get the media attention. Sometimes, you know, they're, they're out in the front, but sometimes they're, they're in the background and they're a little bit harder to find. They're a little bit more, uh, I, I don't want to use the word humble, but like they're not self-promoting and they're probably not getting the attention that they deserve. And so we try to find those stories. Um, and a lot of it just is relationships and asking questions and reaching out to people. But then the other cool part is, now that we have this incredible community of hundreds of thousands of, of readers from around the world, we, we just, we get inundated every day with good news stories. People are like, did you see this thing that happened in my small hometown? Did you see this thing that happened in my community, at my school, at my church, whatever it is? And uh, that's a great way for us to kind of keep our ear to the ground and, and find more good news stories than we ever would have found otherwise. Let's talk about that. We are in a time right now where lots of bad news, people are stuck at home, people are confused, they want to celebrate the good, they want to find that good and honor it. What are some tips that you have for us to find good news in our hometowns and in the places right around us that we can celebrate? How can we find that? Great question. Um, First, I'll say, I think that I know this sounds almost weird coming from like a good news person, um, but I I think that it is important when you feel overwhelmed, when you feel heartbroken about something, to really feel that pain first and foremost. Um, if it's affecting you, like that, you that genuinely deserves to be grieved. Like that's what a heartbreaking thing to to experience. Whether it's you know the loss of 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 work or life change or loss of opportunity from the pandemic right now, but also if, you know, some other injustice happens to you down the road, like it's okay to feel heartbroken. You don't have to put a positive spin on it. Um, same goes if it affects somebody else. Like if, if you read something that breaks your heart and then you immediately jump to optimism, I don't know if you fully get to enjoy that, that sense of hope. And I think that it's okay to acknowledge the heartbreak. And so that's the first thing that I would say is, is don't be afraid to grieve, especially right now. I think that that's important. But then uh, I don't think you should ever stay there. And I think that's the problem with a lot of news is it just, it stays there. Um, and so then it's in your own community, it's a matter of getting creative and thinking about what are the solutions that there could be? Like, like, like who might be doing something about this? And it's a really fun brain exercise because it allows you to start processing um, all the different ways that people can make a difference in in your community. And if you if if you turns out you're right, then what an incredible experience that you know you learned that somebody's making a difference in this unique way in your community. But if it turns out you're wrong, then you have an opportunity on your hands. You have an opportunity to get involved. Um, one thing I will say, though, is I think we all see more good news every day than we realize. And the reason is because our brains actually have this internal negativity bias where effectively bad news sticks to our brains like Velcro and good news slides right off our brains like Teflon. And what's interesting about that is that that's the reason why when you post something on Instagram and you get lots of nice comments, and then you just get one person who says something sarcastic or rude or just straight up mean. Like that's the thing you think about right before you fall asleep at night. Like that's the thing that that you feel all day. Not the hundred positive comments, but the one negative one. And the same thing happens with bad news. In order to protect us, our brains. Uh, work really hard to hold on to that bad news so that we don't end up in danger. But um, 
for the most part, the things we read in the news don't put us in active danger, at least not in the way that, you know, when we were cavemen and cavewomen being attacked by a saber-toothed tiger was like, that's bad news, but that's not on TV. That's like happening to us right now. So we have to like turn on that response in our brains. And so the reality, the reality is we have a lot of good news that we see every day, but it just doesn't get absorbed in the same way. And so part of it is if you set out to look for it every day. So for me, I like, I intentionally write down all the good news stories I see every day, which is a lot for me in my line of work. Um, uh, I write them down every day, but it also helps me keep an eye out for them. Like I'll be reading my parents' small town, uh, hometown newspaper, and I find good news stories. I'll be reading um, a, a New York Times article that's just filled with bad news. And then the second to last paragraph has a beautiful, hopeful idea. And I'm like, oh, let me do some more research on that. And I find out that there's, you know, this whole good news story. But it's because I'm looking for it that I think that it stands out. And so um, look for it. And then lastly, once you find it, I think this is a key part. You have to do something to memorialize that you have to do something that tricks your brain into holding on to that, uh, to the same degree as bad news. And so for me, that that's often writing it down or it's sharing it with others. The good news stories that I share with other folks, um, either in our newsletter or in our newspaper, like those are going to stick around with me way more because I, I spent time communicating that. Um, but just telling a friend can help you keep that around. And of course, it, it kind of spreads the love to somebody else. Um, some neuroscientists recommend meditating on that good news, you know, closing your eyes for 15 seconds, breathing it in, thinking about that good news story as you breathe in, and then breathing out. And then maybe doing that again, and out. And that's something that you can do anywhere on the go, wherever you're at 15 seconds, it's totally doable, but finding some way to memorialize that good news will help it absorb so much deeper. Um, so, so to kind of sum that up, it's, I think, grieve the heartbreak. Don't feel afraid to do that. Get creative when imagining where the helpers could be and then go and seek them out. But then also know that good news will come to you if you if you are looking for it and if you're seeking it, uh, which I know sounds so woo-woo, but I, I, I fully believe it. Um, and then lastly, once you find it, you know, savor it, hold on to it, and then share it with others because others need that good news too. Those are such incredible tips. And I love that they all have a component of action. Uh, you have to take that step to look for it, to do something about it. And one thing we talk about a ton on this podcast is using your creativity to create good in the world. Can you mm. share a little bit with us about how you're using your creativity to create good in the world? Because I feel like I can look at you and see so many ways that you are doing that and that other people are using their creativity to create good. But when I ask them, people will be like, I, I don't know. And I'm like, you just, you know, hand sewed a bunch of masks for nurses. That is such a amazing creative mm. act, creating good in the world. But sometimes people struggle to see that so many of the things that we do in our life are creative acts. So creating a good newspaper might feel a lot like a computer job, but it's a really <laughs> creative thing. Um, so share a little bit with us about how you're using creativity to create good in the world. Well, first of all, I love the fact that your community, that that's something that you focus on is using your creativity to do good in the world. Because my first mentor ever, when I was 16, first getting started as a photographer, I had this amazing mentor, Karen, who kind of took me under her wing, taught me everything that I now know about photography, but also taught me about how to run a business, how to deal with clients. And as a part of that, she instilled in me this idea that if you have if you have a creative talent, if you have something you're passionate about and good at, you have an obligation to use it for good. You have an obligation to use it to make an impact. And so early on, she would take me on on photo shoots where we would volunteer our time and our energy and our skills uh, to shoot photos for single moms who didn't have necessarily the money to be able to afford family photos. 
um, at Christmas time. And then we print them off as a gift so that they could have this free, you know, gift to share with family members and loved ones. Um, and, and now, I mean, I was fully Karen's idea and she, she dragged me along, but it was a game changer for me. Like it was such a, it was a transformational experience because it helped me realize that, that my work, my passion was, was, was a gift that could be given away. And so that's something that has carried with me through everything that I do. Um, and I'm like, it it only makes sense that like I follow this path down, uh, the route of photography to being a humanitarian photographer down the road. And then, to starting a media company focused on the good in the world. And um, for me, I think that a lot of my creativity, well, first of all, I think it's Seth Godin that said, um, creativity is anything that's outside the rule book. And so even if you're listening and you uh, are like, I'm not an artist, I, I don't have a sewing machine, I, you know, I'm not a photographer, I'm not a designer, like I'm, I'm really, I'm not an artist. Well, Seth Godin says it's anything that's outside the rule book. Anytime that you throw the rule book out the window and you do something new, that's art. And so even though I still am a photographer and our newspaper is beautifully designed, which the design work goes to Kara from my team, she's incredible. Um, I think that a lot of my art these days is in the thinking. It's in the processes. It's in the teamwork. Like I get... This sounds so dorky, but I get really excited thinking about like, what are the processes that are going to help us tell the best stories? Like, what are the, what are the tools, what are like the apps and tools our team is going to use to make the good newspaper? What are the systems and procedures we're going to follow? But like, those are all things that I designed for this unique thing that we do. Like, I guess another thing that, that, that we do is, you know, making a print newspaper there aren't YouTube tutorials on how to do that right now. You know, like this is an old thing where all the people I work with are like 70 year old men on the verge of retirement. <laughs> and so there's, you know, there, there is no rule book for this thing. So we're just making it up as we go along. I'll, you know, I'll call the 70 year old guy that I work with and I'm like, Hey, so can, can we do this thing with the newspapers? I've never thought that before, but yeah, we can totally do that. <laughs> I'm like, sweet, let's try it out. Uh, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but um, it's, yeah, I think, I think that, I guess, I guess I kind of just half answered your question. I talked about, here's the ways that I'm being creative, that our team is seeking to be creative. But the other half of that is, um, is, you know, using creativity for good. And, you know, of course, like our company is literally called good, good, good. I think it's a cop out to just say, oh, our whole company is doing good. I think that for us, it comes back to the mission. So when you are mission-driven, if you're focused on a particular goal that you have in mind, then it really allows you to use your creativity to its maximum potential. And so for us, our mission isn't to celebrate the good in the world. Our mission is to help people feel less overwhelmed and more capable of doing good. And so the way that we see it best to do that is through celebrating good news. But if we find another way to help people feel less overwhelmed, to help people feel more capable of doing good, then that's what we're going to do because that's our mission. And so it allows us to have this whole paradigm shift of the ways that we get creative. One example of that that is coming to mind because we literally just did this like last week is uh, we saw you know, this pandemic spreading around the U.S. and also the fear of the pandemic spreading around the U.S. and people are, you know, going inside and they're being isolated and they feel overwhelmed. And I know this because I feel the same way. And we're like, well, what can we do to help people with this problem? What can we do to help people feel less overwhelmed and to encourage them and activate them to make a difference during this time when we all need it most. And we're like, well, one asset we have is our good newspaper. How can we make the most impact with our good newspaper right now? And so that's when creativity kicked in. We started thinking, okay, well, well, let's throw the rule book out the window. If like money were no object, if, 
if we could do anything we wanted, like what would we do right now? And the answer really quickly was we would give this newspaper away for free. People probably need this now more than ever. Like let's, let's use this unique thing that we have. Like we, we don't make PPE. We don't make face masks. We don't make, um, you know, we're, we're not on the medical forefront of things. Um, all we have is this good newspaper. Like what if we make this available to anybody who wants it for free? And so we, we figured out on the back end logistics, we figured out, um, how we were going to pay for it. And then we just started saying, Hey, sign up if you want to get a newspaper filled with good news delivered to your home to keep you company during, uh, during self quarantine to help you feel more hopeful, less overwhelmed and more capable of doing good in the world. And that's been like the most invigorating creative process for us, getting to, getting to figure out how to do that, build all the you know, sites and tools and all the stuff to make that happen. Uh, and then releasing it into the world and getting thousands of new people who are signing up. And then the creative part comes of like, okay, how do we make sure that we like can keep the lights on, you know? Uh, but that's, you know, again, that's another creative opportunity and, and we're figuring it out and making it happen. And, um, but I think that there are opportunities to creatively fulfill your mission every single day, but it, it comes down to knowing what your mission is and knowing that, you know, it doesn't have to be art in the traditional sense. It doesn't have to be creativity in the traditional sense. It can be anything that, that breaks the rules as long as it's uh, in support of your mission. Well, I can just shut down the podcast now because that was the <laughs> best answer to that question I've ever gotten. Oh, I loved it so much. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if you can tell, but but I'm a verbal processor. So as I'm talking, I'm like, oh, I like this idea. This feels good. So thank you for giving me the opportunity to to just learn something while I'm talking. <laughs> no, it was it was amazing. And I wrote this down, what you said, that your passion is a gift that can be given away. And I talk about this all the time, but that is the most beautiful, succinct way to say that, you know, whatever your passion is, you can use that to create good in the world. And I've been encouraging people recently to reach out to nonprofits and offer their skills, you know, call the homeless shelter and say, Hey, I'm good at, you know, organizing stuff. I can set up a phone tree. Who, what do you need? Mm. You know, and anything that you are good at can be used to create so much good in the world. And, you know, creativity is just problem solving. So I loved it when you were talking about, you know, figuring out, figuring out how to set up the systems to make this newspaper work is a creative process. And those skills are creative skills and they are so needed right now. Um, so I just, oh, I loved it everything that you just said and you guys are just so generous uh giving away those newspapers i've been sending it to all my girlfriends at the hospital um telling them to make sure that they get on your list to get some for the hospital um but mm, it's just it's just so good and i love how you are being flexible with your creativity too because so many of us feel like oh well if i can't paint then I'm not being creative. And you have a lot of creative skills, but like you said, you're designing systems and working on the computer and that is still creative and serving too. And it's really needed and important. I, I was on a call with, um, with a few creative friends the other day and we're all kind of just processing through like, man, what, what do these economic changes do to our businesses? Like, how do we make sure that we can keep you know, supporting our teams, supporting ourselves, continue, you know, feeding ourselves creatively during this challenging time. And one of my friends, Carl, asked this question. He said, he asked this question of all of us. He said, what's the thing that you are good at that, that comes naturally to you, but when other people see you do it, they're mesmerized. They're surprised. They, 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 mm. ask, they ask you, how did you come up with that so fast? How did, how are you so good at that? Where is that coming from in your head? And, and first of all, I said, Carl, that's the hardest question you've ever asked. That's a dumb question. Stop asking me questions that are hard to answer. Um, <laughs> and then he's like, yeah, it's a hard question you have to answer. 
Um, and for me, I was like, I think that my little like super strengths are, are, I think, I think I said my super strengths are, um, creating systems and doing things that are really dumb and trying to make them work. <laughs> and that's, that's what I think the newspaper is. And I think that's what giving away the newspaper is. It's like, it's the dumbest idea I could think of that I'm like, I think I can pull it off. And I think that we all have that thing though, you know, and it's, even if you are a professional photographer or a professional painter or a writer or whatever else, you know, it, it might be that that is your thing, but it, but probably the reason that you found a little bit of success is because you have another thing, another little secret thing. Maybe it's an eye for seeing things that nobody else is seeing. Maybe it's, maybe it's, um, you know, maybe it's a passion for organizing so that you, or, or maybe even like keeping your time in order so that you create the time to do things. You know, there's all kinds of little niches within the world that we're doing. And so lean into that as, you know, as an opportunity to be creative, your little super strength, um, and, and exercise that muscle practice it more. And, and now you're so right now is such a good time to use that for good to think, okay, where could this need be applied to somebody who needs this right now? And I, I think the, the example of organizing a phone bank is like such a brilliant thing. Cause like, that's zero, like, that's probably not my strength. Um, I could like, yeah, no, I'm just gonna say right now, don't call on me to organize the phone bank. But somebody like that's the perfect thing for them, even though their full time job might be that they're a writer or a painter, you know, it's, uh, it, we all have these other like, secret strengths that are going to empower us and enable us to do the exciting big things uh, that that are more obvious and more seen. Yeah. And so how do we balance the two? What about you? What fills your creative tank so that you can go work on Asana and Zoom and Zencaster and <laughs> be on all these online programs all day? What is fueling that creativity, that creative juice for you? One, it, it really comes back to that mission. You know, that for us, the mission of helping people feel less overwhelmed and more capable of doing good in the world is like, it's the most exciting thing in the world to me. Like I love, I love seeing that get unlocked for somebody. I love getting emails where somebody's like, I, I received the newspaper three months ago and life has been significantly different since then. I feel so much less overwhelmed. I feel more hopeful. I'm finding ways to go out and make a difference in little ways and soon big ways. You know, that's, that for me is the most exciting thing, but also in this time of, you know, pandemic, it feels so weird to say every time. Um, I think that it's important that we're all finding ways to, to practice self-care. And, and for me, I think self-care is always proactive. It's not after I feel overwhelmed, I'm going to start, you know, I'm going to do a face mask or something. It's, it's before I feel overwhelmed, doing the things that I need to do to take care of myself. And so I've been finding myself after a few weeks of eating, of eating absolute garbage, I've been finding myself intentionally cooking good and healthy meals. I've been trying to intentionally take my dog on longer walks to get myself a little bit more exercise. Yesterday, I, I fixed up my bike and uh, started going on bike rides in, in parts of town that are more empty. And so uh, those are the things that, that fuel me, that help me feel better and live better. And I, I honestly often neglect them, especially when I get excited about my work or am overwhelmed by my work. But since starting to practice that self-care again, um, it's been so helpful and so much more energizing for doing this work that I want to be doing and I care about doing. I really love that you shared your examples. And again, back to the same thing as earlier, they all have an active component of them. Um, there's so much discussion, you know, going around the internet about, you know, self-care and like is a bubble bath self-care and like what's really, you know, like good for your heart and your soul. Um, and I, I just, I love how active yours are. And it just, it just goes back to that point of how much of an active role we have to take in our own mental health and our own creativity. Um, we just can't sit back and let it be passive. Like you were saying, 
you know, those, those good things just slide right off of us if we're mm. not being active about looking for them and taking care of ourselves and being aware of what's happening um, to us and to the world. That was a great example. Thank you. So what is a creative struggle for you and what are you learning from it? I think, I think I'm always trying to toe this balance between doing what has worked in the past and was maybe innovative in the past and trying something new, knowing that it's a risk. Um, and I'm, I'm honestly, I think the bigger struggle is, is holding on to what's worked because I actually, I'm the kind of person who tries to do the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. And I'm always jumping ahead and while that is a great way to come up with new dumb ideas to try to make work, um, the problem is that uh, it doesn't allow me to invest the time long enough to focus on the on on nurturing and growing and improving the things that are working. And so, in this kind of this year, I've been really trying to like identify the things that work for us, whether it's, oh, this particular thing in the newspaper or this type of thing we share on social media or um, this daily practice I have and, and improve on it instead of when it starts to feel bland or stale or, or been there, done that, just saying, you know, I'm going to throw it out. I'm going to try something completely new. You know, it's like, what does it look like to, yeah, sure update it to modify it to make it a little bit better um but but not just throw it completely by the wayside that is the most seven answer and i <laughs> feel it so much uh, you know who owns enneagram7.com me it just redirects <gasps> to brandonharvey.com <laughs> I, yeah, I, I should get in on that with you. That is definitely my problem. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Speaking my language. Okay, so this is one of my favorite questions that has, I feel like, everything to do with everything and nothing to do with anything. And it's just like my nosy question, and you're on my podcast, so you have to answer Love it. Love it. Um, what's your morning routine? Oh, wait, no, hate it. I take back my answer. <laughs> um, I'm like, I wish I could just like lie to you right now. I'm like, I wake up every morning, 5am. I, I make myself the fanciest cup of coffee. I, I read my newspaper for hours. No, I, my morning routine, it is inconsistent. I would like to make it more consistent. Um, Yesterday, my morning routine was I truly did get up at 5 a.m., poured myself some cold brew, and just jumped straight into emails. Today, my morning routine was sleep in, uh, wake up, read a little bit of a book, and then dive into this podcast. So I, I will say it's inconsistent. It might be inconsistent just because I, I haven't left my house in, uh, in 25 days. Um, but... Let, let me kind of zoom out and think, I guess my standard ideal morning routine is I wake up in the morning, don't check my phone, read a little bit of a book. In my dream world, I write a little bit. I haven't done that in a long time. Um, and then um, I, I go on a nice long bike ride to my office, um, take the long way, enjoy it, get into the office pour myself some cold brew, um, do my priority task for the day, you know, try not to uh, jump into emails or responding to things like do the thing that A, it's, it's the most important thing, but B, it's the hardest thing. <laughs> and then, you know, after, you know, setting aside that time, maybe, you know, around like maybe 10 a.m., 1030, then just jumping straight into the work. With that said, I don't know if I've ever had a perfect day where I do all of those things, but the little bits of that I try to do every, every morning. And I would like to build a better routine. And I, I, I will say it kind of comes back to that idea of like, 
it's it's not easy for me. Like I really love doing something new every day, even though like nine out of ten times the new thing sucks. The new thing is is worse. Uh, but it, I'm like I should I should just try this new thing. And so maybe this is the kick in the butt I need. You know, we'll check in in a year, see how it went. <laughs> but um, that's that's my dream morning routine based off of little things that I sometimes do. All right. Well, it's such a trick question because I have been fascinated with morning routines because I think they're just such, they're not crap, but maybe it's the seven. Like I, I just can't do it. I can't do the same thing. I can't wake up at the same time. And I'm just so intrigued at what real people do in the morning because you hear and you read all these books about, you know, you have to be up at 5 a.m. and you need to work out first and you need to do all these things. And you're right. I mean, that does sound right, but I've never been able to do it. So I love hearing um, <laughs> what people actually do in the morning. Good. Well, I'm so glad that we are on the same page. And uh, yeah, I think it is kind of encouraging to to hear other people like just say it like it is. And they're like, Oh, it, it sucks. Like, like running a business sucks or, uh, or yeah, like working out never gets easier. Like hearing people say those things makes me be like, Oh, you know what? Like maybe, maybe me running a business and it being hard sometimes is okay. Maybe the fact that like, I still hate working out even when I've been doing it consistently for a while, like I should just keep on going because it doesn't get easier. So I'll just like do it because it works or morning routines, you know, are inconsistent for the best of us. So I'll just try my best and give myself a lot of grace and just try to set myself up for success the best I can. Yeah, I think that's great advice for everyone right now. Social distancing is hard (laughs) and we're just going to keep doing it and doing our best, you guys. Um, Yeah, I agree that. And that it, it all comes back to the same thing in creativity is that it's never going to be super, super easy. It's always going to be different. It's always going to sometimes be hard, um, but we're just going to keep doing it anyway because we love it and it makes us feel amazing and it creates good in the world. Yes. So what does living a creative lifestyle look like for you? Oh, I think, I think for me, living a creative lifestyle is a little bit of a sacrifice sometimes. You know, it's a it's a little bit of a choice to prioritize things that I am passionate about and excited about, but you know, lose out on other things. You know, sometimes it means I'm spending more time uh, doing these things than maybe a traditional person with a nine to five would, or I'm I'm ma- I'm definitely making less money than you know I could in an office. But those are things that I'm okay with giving up to some degree so that I can really dive into this mission that I care deeply about or really, really get to live into this, this, this passion I have and this belief I have that we can make the world a better place, that we can make an impact. And I think that when I started to recognize that there was sacrifice involved, I think that that was the most helpful thing. It was, it was a choice to sacrifice for this and the sacrifice doesn't have to be forever. You know, that can change at any point. Um, but right now it's a sacrifice I'm glad to be making and fully worthwhile. I have never had anyone answer that way. (laughs) And, but I think it's really honest and it's really good. I think people can relate to it because the, one of the biggest things that I hear from people, their biggest issue with creativity is people around them don't understand, or you can't make money from it, or I'm not good enough at it, or don't have enough time, whatever their issue with it is. Um, I love that you said it's, it's a sacrifice. And so you have to choose that trade off of, you know, are you going to be okay with those feelings of being bad at something? Are you going to be okay with, you know, telling your friends you can't come do this thing because you want to go to a painting class? Mm. Like it's, it's that sacrifice for whatever it is that is your, your creative, creative outlet of choice. Um, and it is such an amazing 
thing that like adds so much joy and life to our life. Um, but it is a sacrifice. And that was a really great way of putting it. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. So what is your favorite resource for creativity? It can be like a book, a person, a podcast, a place. Where are you getting inspired right now? Hmm. For me, it is, that's such a good question. I, hmm, I think that I've been really, really inspired. I mean, this is really specific. This is less of a resource and more of like a specific path I've been going down, but I've been really enjoying seeing creatives do things that are a little bit different than how they normally do it. And the way that I've been doing that is by watching NPR Tiny Desk Concerts. So I don't know if you've seen Tiny Desk Concerts, but basically the premise is NPR has their offices in DC. It's like a standard, you know, like boring office. Uh, And when they, you know, have interviews with artists and stuff, they would basically bring them into the office. And then every once in a while they would say, hey, do you want to like just perform a little like acoustic show here in front of this tiny desk or behind this tiny desk. And and so they started just like slowly bringing in all these artists to do this. And then it became a thing where like, it was essentially a concert in NPR headquarters behind this desk. And what I love is that no artists do a show in the traditional way that they normally would on stage, mostly because they can't, they're behind a desk. Uh, And it's so cool because you get to see the artists, their their talent completely shine through because uh, there's no facade, there's no BS, there's, there's nothing except for them and their talent. And the quintessential example of this is, you have to look this up, T-Pain did a uh, Tiny Desk concert um, maybe a year or two ago. And he's known for auto-tune. He had like an auto-tune app you could download in the app store forever ago. Uh, But he gets up there and he sings acoustic, beautiful versions of his, of his like club music. And it is so, so beautiful. It's so good. And I, I, I never thought twice about T-Pain and, and now I have the utmost respect for him as an artist. And Every artist that goes on there, I just love seeing them in this different element. Lizzo's is another incredible one. Um, Harry Styles was great. The new Coldplay one was great. Um, But I think that what I like about this is it's a reminder that we all have the ability to do something a little different, to think outside the box, to be a little bit creative. And as long as we're aligning with that core you know, unique talent, our special sauce, our secret power. We, we can do a lot of things that we didn't think we could do and we can surprise people and we can delight people. And it's, it certainly has been a surprise and a delight for me. So that's, I mean, look it up on YouTube. It's, it's just delightful, tiny desk concerts. Oh, I know what we're all binging for the rest of the day. <laughs> So what is new with you? You guys have so much cool stuff going on. You're giving away free newspapers. You've got a new membership option going on. Tell us what's happening lately um, with the newspaper. Yeah, I mean, the the thing that we're really excited about right now is just we're giving anybody who wants it this free newspaper. We just want to get it out to people, no strings attached. Basically, you sign up for a good, good, good membership. Um, it's seven bucks a month to get a newspaper delivered to you. But your first one is free and you can truly like no strings attached. You can cancel right after you get that first one. Um, We will not be offended. We just want to get good news out to people. Um, But the amazing thing is every single month we send out a brand new newspaper in the mail. We have um, we have we every Friday we send out these action emails with one to three ways that you can make a difference for the issue of the week. So as you can imagine, we had a few weeks that were coronavirus themed on World Water Day. We're like, here's how you can provide clean water for people uh, outside the U.S., but also in the U.S. Um, We uh, basically every week, it's just a different way to make a difference. And our goal is to make it quick, easy, 
and actionable so that I don't know about you, but like I oftentimes I'm like, I want to make a difference, but I don't know the best way, the most effective way, the way to make the biggest difference. Um, and I also sometimes like, I only have five bucks set aside. Like, so we're like, Hey, five bucks. Here's, here's what five bucks can do to make a difference. So good, good, good members get that as a, as a bonus every month. We also partner with incredible brands who are doing good and provide these super valuable exclusive coupons uh, to be able to shop with them, save money while you're seeking to do good. And uh, it like and, and we've got all these other bonuses that kind of come with the membership too. And so that's one thing we're just super excited about is we, we stepped beyond just sending people a newspaper and we're like, how else can we support people? How else can we help this community uh, through the work that we're doing? And so that's that's been really cool. Um, and honestly, I think that's like the big focus of everything we're working on right now. We've just seen um, how the newspaper truly does help people. The newspaper and the membership really do help people feel less overwhelmed and more capable of doing good. And so we've just doubled down on it. Like that's our that's our primary focus. That's what we're diving into deep. Um, and every day we're making improvements, making these things better, and 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 working on the next newspaper so that we have we have a new gift to share. Well, I cannot wait for people to get their hands on these newspapers, not only to see how awesome they are, but how beautiful they are and how much good they're creating in the world. Will you tell us links to find you in the newspaper? Yeah. Yeah. So you can find me everywhere at, at Brandon Harvey on, um, yeah, everywhere. Instagram is great. Um, and then you can find Good, Good, Good on Instagram at Good, Good, Good Co., uh, and then our website is goodgoodgood.co. And that's where you can find um, access to the free good newspaper and everything else we do. Awesome. And I will have links to all of that in the show notes, which you guys know is just lauren-likes.com slash podcast. If you want a quick link to everything that we talked about today with Brandon and you can connect with him and get your newspaper. And we just want to thank you so much, Brandon, for being here and sharing with us. and just being so awesome and creating so much good in the world. We, I appreciate you so much. And I know my audience does too. Well, thank you. I mean, this is such a treat and I, 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 I just love the good that you're doing in the world. And uh, it's so good to get to meet a kindred spirit and uh, get to have this conversation today. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for being here and for listening. And we will see you next week for another episode of how she creates. Thank you so much for listening to How She Creates. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to know more about the show, please visit lauren-likes.com slash podcast and be sure to sign up for the newsletter to know when new episodes are out and to stay up to date with all of the crafty creative happenings around here. If you would take a moment to leave a rating and review on iTunes, that would be so helpful to let me know what you thought of the show and share with all your friends on Instagram by tagging me at Lauren Likes Blog and using the hashtag HowSheCreates. Until next week, I hope you get curious and go explore something.